and my version of badass Asian dudes is just like picturing somebody who's like super independent, able to do what he wants on his own terms. Are you willing to, you know, like live by your own set of rules? Are you willing to, you know, like break out of societal customs? And I was doing so many things to impress so many other people and all the way to the point where, you know, I started my own company. I started three companies. I believe that we're all massively creative people. You may not be creative in the way that I'm creative, or like you're not gonna articulate and communicate in the way that I will, and I don't expect you to. When I was growing up, I was the definition of the nerdy, shy, introverted Asian kid with two tiger parents who didn't even give me a choice. I just had to be a doctor. My parents came to America with no money, so I didn't get uh, you know this idea of emotional yeah. intelligence, and they don't know what that is. Like it was um, <laughs> survival mode. When you see someone else that looks like you, or represents you being emotionally intelligent or training their mental fitness. When you see that, all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, maybe I can do that too. All right, we're here with another episode of Badass Asian Dudes. Uh, my name is Michael Wu. I'm one of the hosts and moderators of the Badass Asian Dudes group on on Facebook. Uh, here with me is my co-host, uh, Victor Ong. Yeah, what's up? I'm excited to be here. Sweet. So on this episode of uh, the Badass Asian Dudes podcast, we have here Arun Govada, one of my one of my friends, but a current time business school student at NYU, but grew, born in the U.S., grew up in Hong Kong, dabbled in various business ventures in in, in East Asia, and also a part time comedian. Um, Arun, <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about yourself? Was that a, was that an appropriate intro? That's pretty good. I'm not at Stern, actually. I'm at um, I'm at uh, at NYU. I'm at the um, the Gallatin School of Individualized Study. So it's it's something that that NYU offers, like one of the only universities I think in in the states that offers something where you can like pick and choose different interests that you have, like explore a bunch of different interests you have and kind of converge them all. So I do coursework at Stern. I do coursework at Tandon and and a bunch of other different schools at NYU, which is super cool. But yeah, that's basically how I start every stand-up show. Hey, I'm Arun Govada. I am a US-born, Hong Kong-raised Indian guy. Um, that's like, already gets a few laughs um, because it's just so, what? <laughs> like, how does it make any sense? Um, but um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, yeah, uh, born in Pittsburgh. And then as soon as I say Pittsburgh, people say, yeah, Steel City, and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Okay. Steelers. Yeah. Um, and then grew up in Hong Kong. Um, uh, parents, I guess, loved immigrating so much that they did it twice. Um, and they, well, they planned to only be in Hong Kong for a few years, but it ended up being like 20 years, 20, 30 years. Um, and uh, family's originally from, from India, Southern India, Hyderabad. Um, and work-wise, yeah, it was... In, started at MNC at IBM after school, after um, after undergrad at BU, um, and then moved into real estate, um, worked at a, a startup and started my own comedy club, and um, most recently worked at the city of New York um, in the Tourism Bureau. Um, and now I'm at NYU, as I said, trying to figure out... Um, you know, what my, what the eventual business I will start will be, <laughs> you know, trying to converge all my passions into one. Super happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, Victor Michael. That sounds like a, a lot of identities. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe we can just dig into it. Like how did growing up in East Asia and learning Mandarin kind of affect your perspective on the world? Yeah. So Mandarin was... Actually, so from Pittsburgh to Hong Kong, we actually made a pit stop, or my dad made a pit stop with all of us in uh, Irvine in California. Okay. Um, and now we find out that that pit stop was just to kind of like appease my mom. Um, so like to make the transition smoother because she didn't really want to like move back to Asia. Um, so my dad got a, I think it was like a six month or a nine month, like temporary placement on the way to Hong Kong, like smack dab in the middle of like little Asia in Irvine, um, so that it would prepare my mom for like, what's to come in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, and I bring it up because I now find out 
recently that my first language is not English, it's Mandarin, because my parents put me in a Mandarin speaking preschool in Irvine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> not because like, because Hong Kong, the, the language is Cantonese, right? Cantonese right. and English and then Mandarin. Right. Yeah. Um, out of sheer convenience, they put me in that school because it was closer to the house than um, than the English speaking school. Wow. So I'm like, okay, it started from there. The cultural confusion. That's such a hodgepodge of so many things. Yeah, um, and then going into um, then moving to Hong Kong, going to American school, HKS, Go Dragons. Nice. Um, uh, so we, how they did school there at that time was everybody from reception to, so kindergarten, I think for, I think pre-K, like preschool up until, um, fifth grade, you're required to learn Mandarin as a, as a second language. And then from middle school onwards, you can either choose to continue in Mandarin, stay with French, oh, sorry, move to French or Spanish or no language. Um, and I remember asking, I remember having this conversation with my dad because my brother, my older brother had switched to Spanish in middle school. Um, and, uh, my dad was like, do Mandarin, you'll thank me later. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> and now I'm like, all right, okay. It makes sense. And he's like, told you. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I think I get super curious about, cause even as a, Asian American myself. I already you've heard of third culture kid at all? Mm-hmm. That yeah. phrase? Like it having just the identity of Asian versus American, that's already a point of confusion. And you're over here like living in Hong Kong, like uh, learning Mandarin in Hong Kong. It's like what like where do you fit in? Do you ever like struggle with that in terms of like identity or like who you are and all that so the so i so third culture kid i've been like we've growing up in like the international school system you're like the people you play especially if you're in hong kong which is a small place if you're playing sports with another international school more often than not you're traveling to another country like you go to Seoul or you go to Singapore or you go to KL and that's like going to Boston or like New York or like, you know, cause Hong Kong is so small. Right. Um, so there are a lot of people that I've met um, sports or in music. I, I did, you know, I've been a singer my entire life and all these like different um, like extracurriculars would involve students from other schools other all these other international schools and they'd i i'd come to realize that like hey am i actually a third culture kid because i've been planted in hong kong for 20 years and i i become friends with people or people have crossed paths with me um that have like spent two years like the true expat like two years in bangkok two years in london two years in hong kong two years in shanghai continuously through the international school system um so i feel grateful i guess it's like it's like whoa that's so cool it's not jealousy it's like whoa that i mean imagine like growing up like that but i feel grateful that like i'm not like i don't have to negotiate between more than three places Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like you said like you have to negotiate between between Asian heritage and right. and what it means to be an American. For me, it's like, at least I don't have to negotiate more than three, yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. like, cause there are people that have to negotiate between like 10. Right. Yeah. You know? No. And, and I'd love to get into like more about how the different cultures and perspectives like affect all the different things you do. You're, you're especially in business or in work, but also in relationships as well. But mm-hmm. before we get there, we uh, wanted to ask, and we something we ask of all of our guests: um, What does being a badass Asian dude mean to you? Being a badass Asian dude—it's so funny because when I started a comedy club in India in Hyderabad, it was called Hyderabadass Comedy Club. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's really funny. Um, 
to me, I think, well, I've, I've, I've kind of like come like this past 2020 has been a very like eye opening year for me. Um, like a lot has changed in my life. Um, and like, I lost, like, I lost, like, I had to hit rock bottom at, at work and then like try or like professionally, not just at work professionally. And like, I was like, I was like 70 pounds heavier than, than what you're seeing now. Um, and I kind of didn't really have that much. I was trying to start a business, but wasn't really, it wasn't really refined at the time. I I feel like I was just pressuring myself to start a business, to start a business. Um, because I just felt like that it was that time for me. And I knew that like, you know, in my industry and tourism at the time, like furloughs and layoffs were happening. So I, I like put this like undue pressure on myself and went through like eating healthier and losing weight and like getting fit and understanding like how my body works and um, realizing that I should converge all my passions instead of just isolating all of them and trying to like be a jack of all trades, um, which is a touchy subject for me because like I, I, I feel like if you do things properly, you don't, you can be like a king of all trades. You know what I mean? But you keep getting told like, just don't be a jack of all trades, specialize. Mm. I think that's an Asian thing right. as well. Um, but, um, but to me now being a badass Asian dude after like this whole like summer and, you know, starting school and whatnot is understanding that your you are who you are today because of where you not only where you come from i feel like that's like a modern man um but where your family has come from where they've come from the sacrifices that people have made um in order for you to have a life and for you to um be in a position to you know to do something good for the world. I think, I don't know if that's like a good, that's like a succinct definition. I I love that answer. Um, we haven't heard that one before in terms of like really coming from your, your sort of family and, and that's where that badassery comes from. I think I resonate because literally, um, I don't want to make this too much about me, but I, my dad actually was just had COVID and just recovered covid for like two weeks he was in the hospital for like just in excruciating pain (laughs) and um really close to dying to be real and that is isn't even the first time that uh especially my family member or my dad had gone through such a really like um intense experience to to survive and be here he immigrated from cambodia escaped the khmer rouge back in the i think it was the 80s or something and i think a lot about how much he sacrificed to you know give me my life you know and um so that's what i just resonate with when you mentioned that in like really like I don't know you explained it really like uh, well I, I don't know how to paraphrase that but it's just like so much of it comes from your family too mm-hmm. um sorry yeah. to hear about you sorry to hear about your dad but glad he's recovered yeah he's fully recovered he's doing great now so yeah yeah it sounds like it's like fully understanding yourself your family your circumstances and your own capabilities so that you can use that to make your impact on the world yeah, it's or at least at least even just being open to or like understanding that there's a presence there within you, you know, yeah. I like I, I come across conversations. Um, I feel like I feel like there might be like miscommunications in social settings and whatnot, because there is there are walls up between layers of yourself. Um, and people may, you know, sometimes put up a wall here, you know, mm. like, like to me, for example, um, the, where are you from question? I never mm. think that that is offensive at all. Even mm. if it is, 
I always approach it as a teaching moment. Um, and I serve up everything because to me, not serving up everything is disrespectful to the levels of family before me. So if I were to say, I used to say I'm from Hong Kong, right? That was when I was a little bit like not plugged into my life. But now, like now I say I was born in the U S grew up in Hong Kong and I'm Indian, you know, cause like. If I don't say any of those things, it's not a complete me. Got it. And if, if even if someone's like maybe like maybe offensively trying to ask, um, like where are you from? Like must be India or Pakistan or whatever. You know, like to me, I even if someone said if someone says, "Hey, where in Pakistan are you from?" My initial response is, <laughs> my initial response is. Oh, like at least they know where Pakistan is. <laughs> you know, like it's like, oh, okay, not Pakistan, but but I'm from Hyderabad in India. Funnily enough, there's a Hyderabad in Pakistan too, but we have the better biryani. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Um, but yeah, I I basically what I'm trying to say is, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but what I'm trying to say is, I try to approach every situation, every dialogue with that in my mind, understanding that grandparents had to sacrifice in order for parents to sacrifice in order for me to even decide whether or not I want to sacrifice, you know, it's a privilege. Um, and not recognizing that to me doesn't feel authentic to myself. Um, and it also boils down to me. Um, just my baseline is everyone has positive intent. Like prove me, prove me wrong. Like to me, like even if it sounds malicious or whatever in any kind of dialogue or setting, I'm just going to just assume that everyone means the best. Um, And it's kind of dictated by that answer that I gave you um, to what it means to be a a badass Asian dude. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, again, like having, I I really appreciate your, uh, the, the approach you take with people in that like yeah everybody does have good intentions maybe not everybody but mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least it's it, you know for your for your own well-being yeah. to approach it in that way and then using it as a teaching moment if anything mm-hmm. um and like worst case scenario it's a teaching moment right in the ultra worst case scenario it may be like something that like to me like my dad taught me very early on, I think when he was moving me into college, um, I was getting frustrated at the, um, do you know when you're swiping into your dorm, there's like a security guard? Yeah. So when I was moving into BU freshman year, my dad was helping me out. Um, and I swiped in, I left my ID in my dorm. Oh, ooh. Um, and I came downstairs and the the guy was like, um, who are you? And I'm like, what? I literally just came upstairs. I'm so sorry. I forgot my ID. Um, and my, and I was so annoyed. I was like, dad, like, what the hell? Like, this is how they're like welcoming people into their university. And my dad was just like, this interaction can be a reflection on you and him. Or it can just be a reflection on him. Mm. And in that moment, I was just like, oh, okay. Like, he's he has his own stuff going on, right? Like, right. whatever it is. Um, I don't need to bring that home with me. Um, I, you know, I can just drop it and move on. It doesn't, it doesn't take two seconds to, like, go back upstairs, get the idea, and come back downstairs. You know? Is it worth being annoyed? Sure. Yeah. No, I, th- I mean, that's great wisdom there, right? In, in terms of like, everyone's going to have their own subjective experience to, to something, to anything. Um, how much are we going to let ourselves like, be so attached to other people's reactions? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I didn't know it was as profound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the, mo- yeah, yeah. at the time, I was like stomping up the stairs. I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but now that I think back on it, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> cool, cool, uh, cool. Got another question for you. Uh, you, 
I, I, I know you've been posting about your weight loss journey um, over this last year. And mm-hmm. I, that, I'm sure that was a big transformation for you. But uh, like, how, how did that go? So, so I, I kind of like, I had been, I'm, I'm a very multifaceted person, as you guys could probably tell. <laughs> I have a lot of different interests. Sure, right? I'm like a <laughs> singer from a young age, do comedy and like I work in real estate and um, I like traveling and all, you know, all these things, um, love family, hanging out with family and friends. Um, and I love doing a good job in like anything that I do, you know, um, is it an Asian thing? Is it a middle child thing? Is it an Asian middle child thing? Who knows? Maybe, maybe all of the above. Um, but to me, it's just like, the guiding principle of whatever I do, I recently realized is leave a situation, leave a person, leave a situation, leave a project better off than when you've found it. You know, it's, it's, it's like, um, it's like a kind of a hospitality proverb, I would say, or something. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. Um, but, um, w- once I've, so, so I had like all these paths or all these like, like buckets of happiness, I, I should say. Um, and when COVID was happening or even before COVID was happening, I was, I was like kind of put into um, like professionally, there were situations like at work and stuff where it was hard for me to feel like I was doing a good job because of politics, because of whatnot. And I'm just not wired for politics because I, like that, like a politically, an, a politically charged decision doesn't compute in my head <laughs> because it's more like, okay, you do, you do the best for your company and then you do the best to lift your entire team up, right? That's right. it. And then you'll be lifted up because you're connected to everything. Um, I feel like the, like politically charged, um, kind of situations that I found myself in people were maybe thinking in the reverse way, Mm -hmm. like thinking of myself first and then, um, whatnot. Um, but, um, that experience kind of took away one of my buckets of happiness in being proud of my work, which was challenging. Um, and then I guess that, that led to, so I guess I gained all the weight over the last like few years and stuff and, and having those like moments here and there, that, that, that was an issue. Um, it was alluded to that I shouldn't do stand up comedy in this job and these, like in these last few jobs. And, um, it wasn't outrightly said, I'll say that. Um, but it was like, Oh, really? You know, and kind of like undertone was more like, oh, okay. So I was like, okay, there goes another bucket, you know. Um, And then I was managing well, fine, gaining a little bit of weight. Um, More so, like I wasn't crying in front of a mirror eating like Ben Jerry pints. Yeah, exactly. I was, it was more like not, just not paying attention. That's all. Um, but then when COVID hit, um, like I was close to, to fundraising for like the first iteration of a business that I wanted to start and COVID hit and like all the term sheets kind of disappeared. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was one. And then, and then we, you know, we had to like let go some staff, which was also a little bit draining. That was another one. Then then lockdown happened, couldn't travel, couldn't see family, friends, couldn't do stand up comedy. Um, uh, couldn't like couldn't perform basically. That was another few, um, and then when I got put on furlough for my recent job, I was like, okay, either you like fall into this black hole, or you can like fill a bucket of happiness that you've been neglecting, but you have uh, absolute control over. So I was like, okay, that's like you know being healthy and like working out and whatnot. And one of my cousins um, was using this app called 
Noom. It's not sponsored. This is not sponsored or anything. Um, I don't use it anymore, but um, it's also very terribly like marketed. Um, when you see it on TV, it's like, I lost 50 pounds on Noom. Like everyone thinks it's like a weight loss pill or whatever, you know? Um, but basically it's like a calorie counter and it teaches you, it, it has flashcards and whatnot. Um, but for me, I was using it because I saw my cousin like shed 12 pounds in two weeks just by sheer nature of like paying attention. Mm-hmm. That's all. And it did, it passed my Asian test um, because it has like a food logger and like Xiaolongbao and like Chongfan, like all the like obscure Chinese food that I, <laughs> that I like came up and all the like obscure Indian food that I like come up, came up. Um, so I was like, okay, like, these guys, are, I mean, with every like diet kind of app or program in the U.S., you think it's all like salmon and broccoli, right. like Karen food, basically, you know, like, and I'm like, I can't do that, you know, and if this came up and it like broke down the calories on a, on a, um, a pro- even on an approximate basis, I was like, okay, like I scanned my Lee Key bottle of soy sauce and it came up That's like cool. one tablespoon is X amount of calories. I'm like, great okay i can use this um it's very asian friendly um and it just went from there um the first i ended up losing 10 pounds every month oh and it started because i was turning 30 in may um and in march is when quarantine started that's when i was like losing the weight so in april in april right when we found out we were going to be laid off i had lost about 20 pounds and this was like two, three weeks before my, my 30th birthday. And I always, you know, you see a lot of people like making the 30 under 30 list and whatnot. And I was like, okay, everyone, like you're clearly not going to make this list. Um, and I was like trying to like hastily, like, like launch a business, which I didn't even really fully think through with like a, from a peaceful place in my mind. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe I can lose 30 pounds before turning 30 and that will be my 30 under 30, like consolation prize. Um, And just that like mindset was like enough for me to like keep going. Mm. Um, And then while I, I think I was like five or 10 pounds short, maybe five pounds short when I, when it was May 8th, my 30th birthday. Um, But within like the, like that day is when I started I dug out my Apple watch from like wherever from like five years ago that I didn't use or three years ago. Um, And since then I've been exercising 30 minutes every day. I started just walking. um, And then now I like do like zoom classes with one of my high school friends um, who lives in Toronto. She's awesome. Joe, love you. If you're listening to this Um, or, you know, go for runs or, or whatever. It's like now integrated because you know, that whole like 40 days to build a habit thing. Like to me, like if I started on May 9th, if I could do 40 days, uh, I, I was going to like check back in with myself and be like, okay, can I continue? And now it's been like 250 days and I have, haven't missed a day of exercise since. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been that long and I've since March and I've, I'm now, anywhere between 162 pounds and 168 pounds and my little brother calls that the taco bell fluctuation (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah i'm like i've never been i've never been i i don't think i've been this healthy since i actually don't think i've ever been this healthy but i haven't been this light since freshman year of college Mm. before the freshman 15 which is crazy (laughs) Man, you know what I I remember when you first joined one of our social hours. Now that yeah. I remember you being there, and yeah, I, it obviously you can tell. Like, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's a cool Thanks, transformation. Man. Um, Thanks, man. And and I think that leads into like how I think in general a lot of what we want to build out in this podcast too is just how to level up ourselves as as human beings, right? And a lot of that is like dealing with the the struggle and knowing how to, you know, navigate that, um, how to develop that resiliency. It sounds like 2020 was really tough for you. Um, like, 
I guess what 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 do you think was like the biggest contributors or what was the I don't know what what is like a mindset or a you know piece of wisdom that really helped you navigate such a hard year the biggest thing was oh so i had an so i do recommend therapy and and whatnot um i have never done it um to me i i may in the future um but to me um just i would go on like long swims and like swimming was very therapeutic Mm. because if you if you like have so many paths in life and you're like always distracted by one path or another path or another path um even in terms of exercise when you're walking you talk on the phone to someone like the whole like multitasking nature um when you're like cycling you'll read a book or you're doing yoga you're watching a screen or listening to music it's like it's like a lot but i found um that swimming was very meditative because you're just like left with your thoughts to reflect, you know? Um, And that's when I was like, that's when I realized that you shouldn't, or I shouldn't at least like close off like one part of myself for another part of myself, you know, like it's not a -a whack-a-mole game. It's more like, um, it's more like, your entire life thus far has like led you to this moment. So any business that you start, um, anything that you do, you have to like approach it from like a whole self perspective, which is why I then realized like, okay, if I, like I said earlier, if I'm, if I'm going to be laid off in August, like what? Oh, and I also believe that everything happens for a reason. Like Mm -hmm. if I didn't like closely hit rock bottom, I probably wouldn't have like started to lose weight and like, um, get healthier. And then just, it's like positive reinforcement because you know that you can do it. Um, and then like being laid off in August is like super awesome because like, to me at that time, I was like, okay, like if you have all these interests and you're trying to bring them together, why don't you do a little, why don't you apply for this individualized study program at NYU and see if you can do some real estate courses, some entertainment marketing courses, some music tech, acoustic engineering courses, and, and um, hopefully throughout that and throughout your the development of your thesis, Arun, um, you can figure out what type of business that shakes out to be. Right. You know, so everything yeah. happens for a reason. Yeah. One. Um, two, I would say check in with your thoughts. If that's like with like what I did with swimming or if or if you're if you if you um, speak to a therapist or a coach or whatnot or friends even um check in with your thoughts um and then what was the other one yeah bring all your passions together those are like the three kind of like guiding principles that like that kept me afloat and brought me out on the on the positive side of um summer of quarantine (laughs) sounds like a huge transformative year for you i mean it's tough for everybody but yeah uh, it's a whole reflection on your journey mm-hmm. um speaking about your passions i know you've been involved in stand-up comedy for it's like been intertwined throughout your life for like a really long time what's, yeah what's the story behind that what's your relationship with comedy um comedy okay so i started stand-up in it's very hazy Cause we usually get paid with like drink tickets. <laughs> so, um, so it was either in, I, I want to say it's in Hong. It was in Hong Kong. Okay. So I think this is what happened. I was living in Shanghai working at IBM. Um, and I had seen a comedy show. I probably went to an open mic just to like observe. Um, and I went to Hong Kong on a business trip or vacation or whatever. Um, and I was hanging out with a couple of my high school friends and there was this situation where I, like, I'm the guy in the friend group that like tells the funny stories I've always been. 
Um, I like when people like laugh and feel relaxed and, and whatnot. Um, so there's this one, one day where I, one weekend where I was like telling some story and one of my friends like was like not even paying attention. I was like, Hey man, is everything okay? And he was like, yeah, everything's fine. You just tell the same story. Like every single time we hang out and I'm like, Oh my bad. Like I didn't even realize. And he was like, yeah, maybe you should like go do stand up or something. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then like I walk by an open mic um in this like random like area in in Hong Kong I saw a board and it said open mic tonight and I'm like I right, you know screw you I'm going to I'm going to tell this joke on stage and see what happens um so I end up telling the joke on stage and like everyone dies laughing and I'm like oh that's pretty interesting cuz like I'd been I'd been like dabbling like as a singer and whatnot and being a singer or like a musician or whatever, it takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Not saying comedy doesn't take any work, but like you have to like deal with your instruments and like you have to like practice and you have to do two things at once. Comedy, then it was like, oh, I can just like talk with my brain and a microphone. Yes, let's do it. Um, So part of me was... I like to I like to call this the art of productive procrastination. Like you can procrastinate as long as it's productive. Um, so for me, I was like procrastinating, like working on music or doing something or like something like that with this other thing um, that was productive in a different sense. Um, that's another thing, by the way, that I've adopted this this last year: productive procrastination. Um, because it allows you to, it allows you to get the, like the, like the nicotine patch hit of like procrastination by changing the topic, but you also don't get the guilt because you, it's like eating halo top ice cream because Mm -hmm. you're like, um, you get the ice cream hit, but you don't feel so guilty because of the calories. Um, it's like you get the procrastination hit, but you don't feel so guilty because you're inching something else towards like some productivity in another part of your life. Um, that was a small tangent. <laughs> but yeah, so ever since that, um, then just traveling through um, traveling through um, Asia for work and stuff, like for like every, like I go to a convention and then at nighttime I'd be like, I'd call the comedy club and be like, yo, can I get a five minute spot? And because I was traveling a lot for work, the comedy, I'd ask the comedy club in Hong Kong to speak to the comedy club in Shanghai, to speak to the comedy club in Thailand and all these, uh, in Bangkok, all these places. And it was awesome because like, it's like kind of like a little brotherhood or whatever. And it also made me feel a little, a lot more pro than I actually was. So it was like, Whenever I like, when I dropped into Bangkok, it'd be like all the way from Hong Kong. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> all the way from Shanghai. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Um, but yeah, one thing kind of led to another. And when I found myself living in India um, between 2015 and 17, I, I was in a, I was in Hyderabad. And that's when I realized that there was no like stand-up comedy scene, no big stand-up comedy scene there at the time. And I, decided to start a comedy club there. Um, Man. And that was my night project. <laughs> that was my another form of pro- productive procrastination. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I wanted to get into that, like in, in terms of like going back to what you said in, in like combining all your passions, like that's what I get curious about too. And I'm sure like anyone listening might resonate in like having so many different interests and things they want to do and actualize and manifest in their lives. Um, you know, and it sounds like you don't have as much of that resistance. It sounds like there's like things you want to do. You're just going to do it unless maybe you do have some stories of like big parts of resistance that you've, you know, had struggled to even like actualize. I think it's different having being able to tell a story now after having done it but yeah yeah. i'm curious like you know what is how do you like manage 
basically, I guess I'm curious, like, how do you manage your time and like all these different things, you know, that on the outside, I think anyone really would call pretty badass in terms of like, what, starting a whole club? What, like starting a business? <laughs> what, like going to school? Like, do you know, it, how, yeah, how do you even <laughs> like navigate that? It's so weird because I don't think of myself as really good at time and time management. I actually think like I'm pretty bad in time management. Because I have to feel a little bit of pressure in order to care about something to like work on it. Like I'm like studying for my like New York, um, like I have winter break right now. So I wanted to be productive. So I, um, because real estate will be a component of any business that I start, I decided to study for my real estate exam, the, the salesperson exam here in New York. I went ahead and scheduled the test on the 22nd of Jan. I didn't start studying until yesterday. Uh, and it's 75 hours of coursework. Mm. Um, but I was just like, I didn't feel the pressure until like yeah. yesterday, you know? And like once I feel the pressure, that's when I'm like, oh, okay, like get in, do it. So I wouldn't say that's like, that's like good <laughs> time management. I feel like I am good at juggling though, I would say. Like, um, Maybe that's a different aspect of time management, but um, it. I will say this: like when I was in, when I was in high school, from high school and before, I would just focus on singing in terms of music, like what made me happy outside of schoolwork, um, seeing friends and whatnot. Um, and then when I got to college at BU, there was a lot of people that were like posting YouTube videos, and they were getting like slicker and slicker and slicker like voice avenue level slick and i'm like how are you doing this as like one or two people multiple angles like playing all these instruments and i kind of lost sight of the plot in terms of actually i didn't even realize what was important to me in terms of music because i love singing like i've been singing since i was like three years old it's it's like a really big passion of mine but I didn't realize that I don't really care for like recording or writing or making YouTube videos or like learning other instruments. To, to me, the thrill is just performing live. Yeah. So I didn't realize until I think probably even like until I like wrote up my like entrance essay into NYU, um, application essay or whatever um that performance is the thing that i was interested in because comedy performance is performance music performance is performance i i feel like even like it's probably like more infinitely true to to, to asian guys um but if you feel like you like if you see an inkling of something like you kind of like look beyond it and see the path that everybody takes Right. So if you're a singer and you can play the piano and teach yourself how to play the guitar and you can, you know, make a video, then you see like Boyce Avenue at the end of it. You know, like that's what you need. to You need to be there. It's like a it's like comparing yourself to what's out there. And it's it's not healthy. Because I mean, compare it. Comparing is good. Comparison is good because in a sense that it helps only if you know like which direction you need to be going in. But if it, it can also be like, for me, at least it clouds you into like what you actually should be doing. So like I have a few, there's, I think there's still out there YouTube videos where it's like, why, like, why don't I look like I'm enjoying this? Hmm. Cause I, when I'm performing live in front of an audience, I definitely enjoy that, you know? Yeah. Um, but here, it's just it did there it there was it was something different, and I didn't know that you could be a singer, because success is like you know, Justin Bieber, multi multi platinum, you know, Maroon Five, Adam Levine level. That's kind of like what you're thought, what you're conditioned to think, I guess, um, in terms of music. And for me, it was like, oh, like I actually just enjoy singing in front of a crowd. That's yeah. all. You just like you know so. Live, yeah. yeah so understanding that so that would be like i would say that part is like that kind of undue stress is a negative that i went through um because i didn't realize which part of this 
thing that I was interested in, I was actually interested in. You just think like, oh, if you're interested in accounting, you have to get a CPA. If you're interested in singing, you have to like become a recording recording artist or whatever. I think the trick is being okay with picking and choosing aspects of different passions. You don't have to just, it's like, I'm not juggling being a full-time singer and a like full-time mm-hmm. real estate developer. No, you know, it's like the things that make you happy and bringing those together in something unique that you can offer the world. I, if that I, makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. I, and, and I will try to make sense of it. Um, it <laughs> I, I think what I get out of that is um, that, so for me, I know like if I, if I were to pursue a certain path or passion or whatever, I do get, find myself at least getting caught up in like, oh, if I do this, I have to be the, the Justin Bieber, the, you know, the, the top performer or whatever. And like, that's the only way you know, and if I don't do that, that's reason for me to not even try, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so what I appreciate in what you shared there is that it doesn't like just any, any path that you take, it doesn't have to be some other person's definition of what success is supposed to be, but that like, you can just do it because it makes you happy because it makes you, you know, add it adds into your overall fulfillment in what you want to do so that you can feel better doing, um, doing other things that help move things forward too. Um, so yeah, appreciate that. No, exactly. I mean, it's, it's hard, right? Because it's always like, what about, you know, Sharmila auntie's kid, look what he's doing. Like it's like all these different like layers. Um, yeah of comparison that are ingrained into the fabric of just being an Asian. Yeah. (laughs) Actually to that point, I think I get, I get, I absorbed a lot of that too, because my parents, my uncles were always comparing us with each other, you know, with my cousins and whatnot. And it's like, once I get that sense of like, Oh, you know, this person's doing this. um, Even if it was something that I wanted to do, the fact that I'm being compared to them, like to have to do it their way is already something that deters me, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because you feel like it's like an unwinnable challenge. But the reason that it's unwinnable in your mind is, or in our minds is because we don't feel like we should even be playing, right? To the full extent that your uncle's kids, your cousins, Sharmila auntie's son is, um, is playing because we, we might not be interested in all of the aspects that they're interested in. Yeah. Right. The reason why it feels daunting is because we should, we, we shouldn't be doing it the exact same way. Not that we shouldn't be doing it, but shouldn't be doing it the same way. It's like your, it's like your body. At least that's how, that's what I think. It's like your mind telling you, like, it's like an alarm bell. Like don't do eight years of piano. If you hate piano, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Um, But if you like learning the occasional song, which is what I did, I actually enjoy performing piano in public, but I'm, I'm not a good, I can play a few songs very well. If I play, um, if I learn songs specifically to perform like at a wedding or whatever, like it will be great. Right. But like, I can't just by ear, like play along with some jazz trio or whatever, because I don't have that training, but I also don't want that training. You yeah. know? <laughs> like... Well, I mean, I think it sounds like to add what adds to your badassery here as an Asian dude is just like, you know, knowing what creative outlets you do have, but also not getting too attached to them to like have to like, or have any expectations of them. But being able to like try all these different things um, that adds to your fulfillment allows you to then be successful in work or, or, you know, whatever endeavor you want to go for. Um, and that, you know, contributes to your fulfillment. So you don't burn out. So you don't mm-hmm. like feel uh, like questioning, like what you're doing and why you're doing it or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, so appreciate appreciate that perspective. I guess maybe to to wrap up here towards the top of the hour, um, I am curious, like what you know, in the name of of vulnerability here, like what is something that you still don't necessarily have an answer for, or maybe something that you're still questioning or even struggling with, um, yeah, as you move on over to 2021 struggling with there's a lot of questions yeah you should have been in my first calc class this semester (laughs) (laughs) the professor was like what do you think of when you hear the words sine and cosine and my response was mortgages (laughs) (laughs) um that's great but um i think remembering so i went through like a mindset change over this summer right like because i decided to approach life holistically i guess and not like always feel like there was at least one or two things i was closing off for the sake of the other thing yeah um that increased because i was doing that i would have um i guess i wasn't being myself i was being like i was like a lot of i would put pressure on myself and the conversations that i was having or or whatever because um it was just a stressful kind of time i guess because like you you don't feel like your whole self because you've like you're always running from one thing to the other and then you can't get to all things and then it's just like ah you know you just feel kind of incomplete Mm -hmm. um but I will say that even though I've had like a conscious mindset, uh, mindset shift the past year, I will, I have noticed that in certain situations, the cadence of the conversation is reminiscent of a pre quarantine summer time um, where there was like, there might've been a situation where I might not approach that dialogue the same way that I will consciously now, like I'll say subconscious or unconscious. Which, might, which, which dialogues are you talking about? Like, which... like, uh, like, a, like in work or like socially yeah. or, or whatever, okay. like, like my, I'll say like unnecessary frustrations may resurface slightly because that conversation, although I'm having it now with the, after the conscious mindset shift, um, the conversation is like, triggering a muscle memory response that Mm. I've been using for the last however many years. Right. So a a thing that I'm consciously trying to work on is this year, now that I've had this conscious mindset shift is to recognize when like quote unquote old Arun is bubbling up Mm. in a bubbling up is the wrong phrase, but like coming from somewhere um, just because the conversation or the situation is reminiscent of a situation that I'd have pre mindset shift. Right. Do you have um, like just an as example, like a muscle response? Just because to like what what was an example of like old rune that that maybe you know you, you wouldn't want to bring back up into the, a, a new conversation. Um, just. I think like the whole thing I'm, I was talking about, about like understanding that people have in like under just being okay with blanketing everyone into having innately good intentions. Right. Mm-hmm. I know we always see that there are bad intentions or whatever, but that's something that I've consciously chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas there may be situations like, for example, well, I'm not in work. I'm not working right now, but like, um, like, for example, a school project, um, like, you may, t- like, it's the classic, like, you may, you're in a team project, and, and you hear, like, someone really not committing to anything or standing up to, like, doing their part or whatever. Um, I would probably have, like, I might have, like, initially gotten fr- a little frustrated because it reminded me of, like, memories from, like, undergrad um but now it's like 
I can't really, it's not my job to control that. Mm. You know, if they don't, if a, it could be, they have like probably umpteen. Um, there's like crazy amounts of reasons that could be the reason for why they're not participating or whatever, as much as I think that they should, they right. could already be participating the, as much as they think that they should be, you know? Right. Um, but just be conscious, taking a step back and recognizing that like, okay, don't be undergrad or ruined. Like, don't be frustrated that like, you know, people are not like re- responding immediately or whatever. Just be, just give a little bit more slack mm. to people mm. um, because you don't know what their situations are. Um, and if you truly believe or want to believe that everyone is well-intentioned at heart, then let them prove you wrong instead of going and trying to be proven right. Right. Mm. I yeah. What I take out of that is like not letting that frustration take hold of, of you, in, you know, like having someone else's uh, lack of, of productivity, for example, mm-hmm. you know, make you frustrated and then throw you off. And then from there, right, instead, you're taking the more optimistic approach mm-hmm. and not letting that affect you. And, yeah. you know, in the long run, you're able to like be more productive and, and have a better relationship. And yeah. you also like remind yourself that like, um, okay, like, what are what do you want to get out of this class? Like you once you work and then you go into grad school, like it's completely different because yeah. like every dollar, every minute you're spending is like a yeah, sacrifice. True. So yeah. you need to, you need to make sure you're getting your money's worth, you know? And if someone is, isn't, if you have a five person team and one of the five people for whatever reason, isn't pulling their slack, the slack that you think that they should be pulling um, instead of getting angry at them or whatever, it's more, can I still learn what I need to learn with this minimum amount of slack from this person who has whatever on his plate that he can't, you know, mm-hmm. be, be as productive as I'd like him to be. Um, and can we still like get it done with the remaining amount of people? Like, it's not like to me, I guess, long story short, it's not worth compromising what you're trying to build for yourself right. to uh, be frustrated at someone else because you don't know if, they even deserve frust- if if they even deserve your frustration because you don't know if it's intentional, right? I mean, yeah, you're giving away your power if mm-hmm. by yeah. by holding on to that frustration. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's you've you've made that conscious mind sh- uh, mindset shift, but you haven't fully integrated it into your your being and making it like making it really natural and making like having like these frustrations like have power over you. Yeah. yeah, it has to like be, I feel like once it's the transition is complete is like once it's like conscious, unconscious, subconscious, like it's all that's when you're like, okay, you've like completely, right. you know, okay. changed. Yeah, just uh, wrapping it up here. Uh, how can people uh, find you and connect with you and, uh, you know, see your comedy acts or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I will be starting some, some, um, some live uh, or so live virtual shows soon. Um, so on uh, on Instagram, if you can find me at listen to Arun, the number two, listen to Arun. Um, that's a good place to start. Um, but yeah, uh, beyond there. Um, yeah. So if anybody has any like, like weight loss, uh, like people have been messaging me about weight loss and stuff. I'm happy to share information or like whatever I went through. Um, and then for for comedy uh comedy and music there will there will be like some kind of like late night-esque virtual show that i'll be i'll be premiering um in the next few weeks um at least from like a beta test perspective so um if you if you follow my instagram you'll be able to you know keep up with that all right this is our podcast with uh arun govada multifaceted multicultural badass dude and and friend um catch us next time just make sure to you know like and subscribe our show and yeah that's it thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it if you found value out of this episode please do share it with another badass asian dude that will resonate um and if you have 
someone who would like to be on the show or someone that you even like to hear from, hit us up on Instagram at Badass Asian Dudes Official or Badass Asian Dudes at gmail.com and send us those requests and we can try to find a way to, to connect with them and, and bring them onto the show. Uh, again, we have some merch on our store at badassasiandudes.com. That's the best way to also support monetarily if you can. Uh, we have lots of ideas and, and things that we want to put into play for uh, a badass Asian community here, um, whether it be meetups and retreats and uh, collaboration with other Asian communities and groups. And so if you want to be involved or know someone who would like to contribute to this mission and the ethos here, definitely again reach out to us on Instagram or our email and we'd love to, to collaborate there as well. 